0: 7th Parallel on America's Haunted Highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.
1: Well, 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 looks like we're finally officially back in the supernatural saddle. Welcome, everybody, to Pixelated Paranormal, episode 252, the slightly belated 2022 Halloween special. I, of course, am Sean, and I just want to say on the record, I think that the new Taylor Swift album really slaps. And with me, as always, of course, is Preston. Preston, your rebuttal?
0: What's up all you cool ghosts and goblins, you croc-a-dunes and crocodingos and ghost and ghostettes, witches and witchers.
1: <laughs> and the list keeps growing. How are the you? The list buddy? keeps growing. Uh,
0: you know, like Humpty Dumpty, I'm slowly coming back together again.
1: <laughs> there you go. Uh Steven had to miss this episode, sadly, because he is in Kansas City dropping off dead bodies. But that's alright. On this episode, we still have a whole satchel of spooky tales that you, dear listeners, have sent in. We have ghosts, we have UFOs, we have Bigfoots, and plenty, plenty more. But first, let's get into a little mm, news. First up, this story might sound like something out of a Disney film, but it's a crazy moment where a scuba diver was rescued by a group of mermaids, and it was caught on tape. Pablo Avila was scuba diving off of California's Catalina Island when suddenly he lost consciousness in the water. So his friends immediately sprung into action, swimming over to rescue him, and they found themselves suddenly surrounded by a group of mermaids. They said we were pulling him in and we're getting a little winded and tired, and then out of nowhere, a bunch of mermaids show up. Although appearing to have mermaid tails, the women were actually sporting diving fins while training for the Professional Association of Diving Instructors. Instructors advanced mermaid program when they realized a fellow diver was in trouble. So they swam over to him and helped take his gear off and get him back to shore safely while giving him mouth-to-mouth and bringing him back to life as paramedics were waiting. According to the mermaid-in-training Alina Thomas, the group was practicing protocol for rescuing another mermaid when they noticed a legitimate man struggling and coughing up foam and which she noted was a sign of air embolism, and they sprung into action. I'm going to call it bullshit. You don't? I mean, I think it's legit. Or, or is the bullshit because they're not real mermaids? Yeah, bullshit because they're not real mermaids. <laughs> Get out here with your fucking fake news story. <laughs> well, okay, fine. Maybe you'll like this one better. In our next story from ladbible.com... A man in a gimp suit who has recently been terrorizing a local community in part of North Somerset, with one person describing the experience being freaky, is now been arrested. A 19-year-old man came into contact with another man in Cleve just after midnight on Tuesday, stating the man was unpredictable, flopping to the floor, and writhing and grunting. It's like uh, Pee Wee Herman in a porn theater. I can jack off wherever
0: I want. It's England.
1: Now a man in his 30s has been arrested and bailed on suspicion of causing public nuisance. Others have reported seeing somebody in a similar getup, which involves a black bodysuit, in a nearby village such as the Cleaverham in Yachton, all the way back in 2019 and also back in 2021. The teenager who reported this latest sighting and took it frankly as (laughs) The teenager who took the reported sighting and also took frankly bizarre photos of what he had seen said, I don't want this guy to be seen as a boogeyman. But this kind of thing, this invisible threat that he could be anywhere, is indirectly causing fear. It's not just about the encounter, but the effect it has in waves through the community. It's quite gut-wrenching. The witness, who, for perhaps obvious reasons, wants to stay anonymous, said that he thought the person was drunk at first, but then the man took a step onto the pavement, arched his body, and then flopped on the ground without putting his hands up to catch himself. He said the man had blue gloves on, a full-body suit, and it was all covered in muck. His outfit was shiny with some sort of weird liquid on it and he was glistening in the light of my flashlight and it smelt really earthy. At first the teenager said he was super scared but then the absurdity of what had just happened set in and tore through the tension and allowed him to laugh about it. Still they did express some concern that people could be psychologically damaged if they were to have their own encounter with the strange man. The man, who was with a friend at the time, said that if he was alone at night, it might have been a different experience and a different situation altogether. Avon and Somerset police said that the force is keeping an open mind about the intentions of the man and whether the incident is linked to any others. Among the conditions of the arrested man's bail is that he must remain home between the hours of 9 p.m. and 6 a.m. and present himself to police officers upon request. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> god and then up next in more news that makes you go Ugh. Ugh. a Missouri snake show convention venom fest was shut down after a cobra has disappeared it was a two-day event over the weekend in moscow mills missouri called venom fest on saturday the first day it went off without a hitch but on sunday the show was abruptly canceled after a deadly egyptian cobra went missing The event organizer says strict safety precautions were in effect for the two to three hundred snakes at the Midwest Venom Fest show. Snakes were not allowed out of their sealed containers for any reason. He says before the doors opened for day two, a vendor found that one of his containers had been moved and was empty but still sealed. They're all in sealed containers, but that's what's making it very difficult to believe that this was just a simple mistake. Mickey Meyer said of Show Me Reptiles, the snake didn't put the lid back on and the snake didn't move its container two feet. Somebody else had to have done it. The St. Louis Herpetology Society, which focuses on educating the public about reptiles, has had education booths set up at shows, but not Venom Fest events previously. Earlier this year, the Festus City Council voted to no longer allow them. They're beautiful animals, but we just don't want to be associated with it. We thought it was a bad idea because of how much can go wrong. We support these guys for wanting to keep the animals. That's fine. It's more geared towards education and getting their other venomous keepers from around the country to come and learn and network with each other. That's all fine and dandy, but you lost a fucking Egyptian cobra. Both he and the police believe the cobra snake is more likely to have been stolen than to have simply escaped. And he says a team of experienced keepers conducted a six to seven hour search and plan to do another sweep out of abundance of caution. We didn't find any dust trails and there's really no evidence of a snake being on the loose in there because a lot of times they do get loose. They'll poop too. We haven't seen any evidence of loose, snake, or scat. I don't think we're going to be doing any of the venomous shows anymore. Missouri requires venomous reptile owners to register with local police unless cities like Festus and St. Louis prohibit ownership. So that sounds like one convention I will not be going to. Now, in keeping up with the theme of picking your poison, our last news story, before we get to the real good stuff, Preston, how would you feel about drinking a haunted vodka? Fuck yeah, I'd do it. Yeah, me too, buddy. So this article comes from Bloody Disgusting, and it says, You may remember that last Halloween season we told you about Herodin Vodka and their paranormal reserve that was aged in real haunted locations. Well, I don't remember, so I clicked on the other article, and it looks like last year there was an article posted by the same website And apparently in a press release from Herod and Vodka, they said the paranormal reserve will include a limit of 60 bottles, limited edition, all resting for seven days in three of America's most haunted houses. The Veliska Axe Murder House, the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, and the farm on Round Top Road, which inspired the movie The Conjuring*. Well, it looks like that was last year's vodka, and this year's vodka may get a little spookier. So apparently, just in time for Halloween this year, and Vodka has released its most terrifying offer ever, 2022's Paranormal Reserve Annabelle Edition. This time, the vodka is limited to 666 bottles, each resting for 30 days at the Occult Museum in in Monroe, Connecticut. Available now at shopheridan.com for $199 per 750ml bottle. No thanks. But the museum is home to the infamous Annabelle doll, which was reportedly demonically possessed back in the 1970s, which inspired the Annabelle horror movie series, including Annabelle, Annabelle Creation, and Annabelle Comes Home. We're brand fascinated by the uncanny and unexplained, so this year we wanted to bring the reserve to one of the most well-known paranormal institutions in the world, said their CEO, thus being the Occult Museum, which houses some of the most terrifying artifacts in the U.S., among them the notably infamous Annabelle doll. The 666th bottle of the paranormal-reserved was placed directly in front of the Annabelle case, which was opened by the museum's proprietor, Tony Spira. The bottle was then rested inside. So they legitimately put that bottle in the case. That's a whole lot of hell no. No. The bottle is priced at $13,000 and going to be packaged in a one-of-a-kind wooden case that is a replica of, the, of Annabelle's current confines. It will be available for purchase at www.convivewines.com forward slash the Harriton Paranormal Reserve. That sounds cool. I wouldn't drop 200 bucks on it, though. What about... Uh
0: What's-his-name's vodka? Dan Aykroyd's. That's
1: like... Dan Aykroyd. Uh, I wasn't going to drop $40 on a bottle of Skull Vodka, so... Yeah. I mean, the way he describes it is with notes of sweet vanilla, and then someone's like, no, it tastes like rubbing alcohol like most cheap vodkas. So, no, I don't think so. But it's in a crystal skull,
0: dog, and it's got earth energies and... (laughs) <laughs> filter you know. through crystals and blah 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 yeah uh
1: not today i would like to try it though maybe if i can find a bottle on sale one day i do have a little mini bottle of the alien head vodka yeah yeah my ever- buddy of mine gave me a little uh shooter of it
0: oh you haven't cracked it open <laughs>
1: No, uh, the bottle itself has been cracked open, but I have not drank any out of it, so I'm not really sure what to think. Yeah, it's (laughs) probably not safe. If you tried it and then filled it back up, yeah, yeah, you can try it. (laughs) Uh, Well, anyway, guys, let's get on to the good stuff, shall we? More of your listener stories. We not only have some great stories from y'all, but also some follow-up stories that tie into what you've experienced so Let's just get into it. Preston, won't you do the honors?
0: First up is uh, from Anonymous, uh, titled The Dark Lady. Mm-hmm. In the early 90s, I had just split up from my husband, and I took my two girls and me to live on our own in a neighboring town from where my hu- my husband lived. And I also had two cats. We moved into a quiet little neighborhood full of mostly retired couples and a few other families, and there was also a couple of kids that were my girls' age. They made fast friends. After living in our new home for a few months, we started noticing some weird things. Doors opening, cupboard doors slamming, little things going missing like keys or hair ties, and the cats always running out of the bedrooms like they were terrified of something. After about three months, my daughters started giggling at night and whispering to each other after they were supposed to be in bed. So, after a week or two of hearing them all uh, defy bedtime, I finally went into their room during one especially loud giggle fest to ask what was going on, and they said that they were just playing with the black lady. Now, I was like, excuse me, what the fuck? Yeah, they said (laughs) the black lady was in their room at night, keeping them company, and that she was funny and told them jokes. I have to clarify that she wasn't an African-American woman, but the lady was like a shadow. So I told them that they shouldn't call her the black lady because that wasn't nice, and so they started calling her the dark lady.
1: (laughs) Who's that lady?
0: Oh, from then on, my kids would tell me about how this dark lady would play with them. Uh, dollhouse, tea parties, the works. And she was even helpful because my kids claimed that she even turned the coffee pot on, uh, off when I left it on a few times and even turned off the stove once. Thanks, dark lady.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's, she's really thoughtful. Really <laughs> yeah.
0: This freaked me out, but I learned to live with it. And there was also something else that was odd about the Dark Lady. After about six months, my cats both died. Yep, both of them. I found them both stiff as a board. Well, I'm like this Dark Lady. I don't like cats, but I wouldn't kill both of them. But, uh, you know, I can see where the Dark Lady was, you know, coming from.
1: <laughs> I see where you're coming from. I don't agree with it, but I yeah. do see your <laughs> yeah. perspective.
0: I see your perspective. I personally wouldn't hold it against you if this was my household, Dark Lady. I'd be like, you had to do what you had to do. I get it. Cats are assholes, you know? (laughs) One day I was talking to an old neighbor about uh, the house we lived in, and she'd mentioned that it was too bad what happened to the lady that lived there before us. Well, I found out that she was well-liked in the neighborhood. And even though she didn't have kids of her own, she loved all the kids in the neighborhood and would uh, bake them treats and always let the neighborhood kids play in her yard. And she liked to sit on her porch and enjoy watching them play. I also found out that she died in the house. That's right. And she hated cats. She chased them out of her yard whenever someone's pet would wander over. And it was even rumored that she poisoned a few strays. My girls never complained that the dark lady was ever mean to them and in fact they said that she really liked me and that I was a good mommy. But she absolutely did not like our cats. We lived in that house for almost eight years, and in that eight years, we lost a total of ten cats. Jesus Christ, after the first two, why the hell did you keep buying more? Is this like a science experiment? She told you, the girl said, the dark lady hates cats, and here you are like, let's go
1: down to the pound and get some more kitty cats. Oh, geez, we lost ten. I wonder what yeah, I happened. Mean, it is, it's like the canary in the coal mine. It's kind of a yeah. litmus test. Yeah. <laughs> For the non-believer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyways, the first two we we brought with us, and then uh, more over the years that uh, we lived there. Young, old kittens, it didn't matter. No shit, because she hated cats. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it wouldn't even last more than a few months. We would just wake up to find them laying motionless on the floor, or a few times we would leave for the afternoon and uh, just come home and find them suddenly passed away. Jesus Christ, like, the fucking PETA people are going to come after you after this story. <laughs> like, good Lord. Anyways, nothing gruesome. <laughs> yeah. We didn't, we didn't find, like, eyeballs popping out of their heads or anything like that. We just found them like they were asleep. Just like my neighbor said, this lady was sweet. She loved kids. She just
1: fucking hated cats. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd appreciate reading that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, Um, so the person who told me this story was just like, yeah, you see her wandering down the halls and, you know, in the kitchen once in a while, and she's like, I even saw her a couple times myself, Uh, she was super nice, never did anything nefarious, she just apparently really, really hated cats.
0: Man, what about dogs, I think at that point I would have tried, I would have got like a little Pomeranian or something and just tested the waters, (laughs) you know, (laughs) gone down to the pound and be like what's the oldest almost dead dog you have i want that one oh, no. and then you know well i mean fluffy uh, made it uh apparently uh you know the dog just died of old age so let's go get it let's go get <laughs> a new dog kids
1: yep oh shit well speaking i mean goldfish well, are no. cheap they come
0: That's... you know dime dime a dozen you could have got some goldfish <laughs> and tested it out I don't know, maybe <laughs> some in parakeets. come the find
1: the goldfish bowl frozen over. <laughs> yeah,
0: a couple parakeets. Those are pretty cheap.
1: Well, our next story um, sadly comes posthumously. Um, I believe that's how you pronounce that, but basically a story somebody sent us, and unfortunately um, they have passed away. So my really, really good friend James um, was listening to the show in El Dorado um, a couple years ago, um, and he had heard the story of how Preston and I we're taking our time um, walking through Bella Vista Cemetery one night with Big John Weiner, And by the way, Preston James says, what a badass nickname, by the way. Hell yeah, buddy. Hell yeah. Well, before James passed away, he was a police officer in El Dorado before ultimately retiring from that job and going on to be an iron worker. But during the time that James was a police officer, one night he and his partner had gone to the Bella Vista Cemetery just as you do on a slow night just like yeah we're gonna go investigate something and they happened to snap a photo through a FLIR lens on the camera of what James and his partner both thought was a strange hooded figure standing in the cemetery now I had sent this to you presto a couple years ago and again um, the intention was to have James on the show with us, and also the three of us go to Bella Vista. And of course, as life does, you know, James had uh, James had three kids. Preston, you have kiddos, and I don't. But trying to get three schedules together was just so gosh darn hard. We never got a chance to go out there, and uh, you know, insert regrets here. But the photo itself is very interesting because, and I'll post this on the Instagram you see just, you know, a green circle surrounded by a black frame, which is just the FLIR camera lens. And then you see just your standard cemetery with some obelisks and some other stones. But then if you zoom in to where he thought he saw a hooded figure, it's pretty clear to me what he thought was a hooded figure was just another obelisk or another tall headstone. But Presto, what you had mentioned to me was if you scan over a little bit to the right side of the tree, it looked like there might possibly be the silhouette of another figure. So now two years later, you look at the photo, what do you think, buddy? Do you still have the same exact thought or have you changed your mind?
0: Uh no, I, I still have um I still have this you know, the same thought. I mean, looking at it. Um you know, when you when you zoom in on that, I mean, I guess you can make the argument that uh, because you're zooming in on it, um, I forget what do they call it, agoraphobia, um, Pareidolia. paradoia. That agoraphobia uh, is when you're scared of people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> could be, you know. Fair. <laughs> um, you know, when you zoom in on it, y- you see shapes. It you know because uh, it's pixelated information. It might not be there. Um, you know, it, it's more rounded. It's more soft, uh, whereas your stones tend to be, uh, they have more natural edges. They look a little bit different. So, eh, I mean, in the moment, I would say probably a ghost. I'm not saying it's a
1: ghost, but it's a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Fluff your hair up real quick. I'm not yeah. saying it's ghosts, but it's ghosts. It's ghosts. ghosts. Yeah, I got to agree, man. Um, The believer in me just wants to wholeheartedly believe that, uh, yeah, James and his partner snapped a really neat photo. Unbeknownst to him, he did get a ghost, just not in the spot he thought it was in. So we'll post on the Instagram. Um, There's more to the story from there, but I think we'll pick it up later, partially because I do have to go through and find. He sent me an article about a murder that happened in El Dorado, um, and some other really great stuff. And we had such a fun show planned, and sadly, um, James passed away June 28th of this year, um, unfortunately, to cancer. So, you know, sorry to kinda end that story on a on a down note, but anyway, you know, hats off to James and his family. Um, we all miss him like crazy, but yeah, there's more to this story, so we're gonna pick it up at another time, but I definitely wanted to share this photo also, before I lose it, because, again, it was two years deep in my iPhone, and I certainly didn't want to just, you know, accidentally delete it. So now we can archive it online. Well, presto, going from ghosts, what do you got for me? More ghosts.
0: <laughs> Fair. So we, the, the last night, well, yes, the last night of our honeymoon, um, Jeffrey and I stayed at the Arlington Hotel in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And um, that hotel has a rich history of, like, mob activity. There, mm-hmm. The fourth floor, Al Capone stayed there several times, and so there are reports of murders and shit happening. And um, the bell tower is off limits now, and there are reports that when you go up to the bell tower – you would actually see a woman in a wedding dress that would actually walk up halfway and then Mm -hmm. look out into the night sky and then disappear. And there's not a clear story on how she died. I don't know if she jumped from the bell tower, like her husband left her on their wedding night or whatever, or like never showed up. So she, you know, ran up the bell tower and jumped off the the edge and, you know, flew to her death, whatever. Uh, Then also part of those apartments, um, part of those those. The rooms were also apartments so people actually just lived in them on a daily basis so you had half of it was a hotel some of the floor mm-hmm. were actually turned into livable areas where people just stayed there for long periods of time and that morning we decided you know before we'd hit the road we would check out the spa that's in the hotel and Jeffrey and I both got foot massages and mm-hmm. because it's part of the bath row and they have the, the bath house in the actual hotel Jeffrey got her own, you know, foot massage lady. I got my own foot massage guy. And uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Bob uh, was rubbing dub dubbing my feet, and we got to talking, and he had asked us, like, you know, what brings you guys to Hot Springs? What are you doing? Are you having a little vacation? You know, where are you from? And I said, well, we're on our honeymoon, Bob. Oh, what, the, what made you decide to stay at this hotel? And I was like, well... You know the the misses and I we we like to stay at historic hotels and we also like to stay at the haunted ones and he was mm-hmm. like oh you're into that haunted stuff and I said yeah you know back home my buddies and I do a podcast and he's like oh well I mean if you guys uh you know do a podcast over this sort of thing then you're not going to think that I'm crazy and I'll let you in on a little story and I perked up a little bit <laughs> you know. Part of it, because I was going to get, get told a paranormal story, and the other part is because Bob was really working those creases of the foot. I'm like, oh, yeah, Bob. Mm-hmm. That's, that's oh, amazing, yeah, you're buddy.
1: you're like a walrus.
0: And he proceeded to tell me that, uh, so when you walk into the guys' section of the massage-slash-bathhouse, um, they have, like, little, almost like you go into, like, a hospital where they have, like, the partitions and the curtains set up, and, like, each little curtain you know you have a bed and you can just kind of open and close like the front half and Mm -hmm. then there's like a little separate area for you um like a changing room so after you're done you can go get changed and so bob had done this deep tissue massage on this guy and uh maybe like late 30s early 40s and they were talking and blah 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 and you know the guy gets up leaves bob a tip goes to the changing room bob hears the door shut and then like 15 minutes goes by he never hears the door open and i mean this is like an old i can attest to it because it's fucking old and rickety so everything in that place makes (laughs) noise right yeah. Didn't hear anything, and so he's like, "God, this this fucking guy just have like a fucking heart attack in this changing room, you know?" What I mean, oh, no. he's like freaking out, right? So he's like, well, just "Let me give it a couple minutes, you know." So now twenty minutes goes by, and you know, no door opens. So he's like, "Hey, you know, Mister Mister James, Mister James, N- nothing." So he's like freaking out because he's like, "Dude, I should have heard that door open." And so he walks over to where that little changing area is. And underneath, so, like, you have maybe, like, this two-foot, three-foot gap from the bottom, you know, from the the bottom edge of the door to the floor so you can see people's feet. Yeah, it's a
1: changing room,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, he walks into the changing area, and he fucking sees this dude's feet. And he's like, hey, Mr. James, and knocks on the door. I just want to, and all of a sudden, the feet just vanish. Just completely fucking vanish. Whoa. And so he freaks out and he opens the door real quick and there's nobody in there. There's like no clothes. He runs out, talks to the receptionist and she's like, dude, that guy, that guy checked out like 30 minutes ago, like, and signed, signed the thing. And he's like, no, I, there was somebody in that changing room. I saw the feet and they disappeared. Yeah. And he was just like, dude, I got the fuck out of there and the (laughs) next day I came back and they're like hey Bob you didn't lock up like you didn't do the normal closing procedures and he's like there was a fucking pair of feet in this changing room that disappeared and he was like at first they were going to write me up and then I told them what happened and the hotel's like I can't put that on a write-up. How do you put on a write-up that these legs disappeared, <laughs> and you got freaked the fuck out, and that's that's why you didn't close properly? So they're like, Bob, mm-hmm. if it ever happens again, you just let somebody else know, and we'll take care of it. And he's like, fair enough. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but I didn't get written up, and that's the most important thing.
1: No, we are in no way condoning um, yeah. the abuse and use of ghosts at your uh, places of work, but yeah. that's that's fucking crazy, man. And he, you know, he
0: started kind of give me a little bit of the back history of the place, and he said, you know, honestly, um, because it's, it is a historic hotel, and you have a lot of people like coming in and out, that you'll have like all these older people that will come in for like you know deep tissue massage. Uh, they'll come in for the bath experience, and they're on nitro for their heart, but they don't ever tell the massage therapist, like, hey, I'm on these drugs. So they're sitting, like, mm-hmm. f- you know, 15, 20 minutes in 115-degree bath water, and then don't say anything. Go up to the room and just have a fucking heart attack and die. So he's like, sure, we have sure. we have multiple deaths at this hotel, like 24-7. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, you guys should probably fucked then. So
1: Also convenient to say as a serial killer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just want to let you know it's because of the nitro. And he's like sitting there like uh, Norman Bates.
1: The the knife has the word nitro carved into it. Yeah. (laughs) It's the nitro that got him, Doc. Just kidding, Bob. Good guy. Yeah. No, that's awesome, Bob. Thanks for, uh, you know, having the the cojones to share that with Presto so we can share it with, you know, our millions of listeners. Let's just call it. Yeah. Well, hell yeah, man. Again, I'm, I'm super stoked that you had a really fun trip, and I'm really glad that you came home with a couple of stories. Well, let's shift gears, folks, from ghosts to unidentified flying objects, shall we? The next story comes from Josh. Hey guys, recently started listening to your show, and I absolutely love it. Well, thanks, Josh. I'm probably more skeptic than believer, but I wanted to share a quick story. In 1997, in northern New York, approximately 30 minutes from Lake Placid, I was walking to the home of two friends. As I was almost to their driveway, I noticed a small light rising from behind a prominent mountain in our small town. As I watched, I saw the light was in the shape of a triangle. The best way I can describe it is that it was slightly bigger than a full moon, and its light was even much like the light of a moon. I quickly ran up the driveway and got my two friends and their little brother, whom they were babysitting. We stared at the object in awe for about five minutes or so as it slowly rose higher and higher into the sky. It then passed behind some dark clouds and was gone. For the next two or three weeks, my friend's little brother obsessively drew pictures of the object at home and at school. I've fallen out of touch with said friends but on the rare occasion when our paths cross we talk about what we saw and even years later we still remember that night the same way. I've tried to find other examples of UFOs as I have described but nothing ever quite matches up. Have you guys ever heard of a craft like this? Thanks for giving this rambling message a read and keep up the good work. Regards, Josh. Now, Before we answer your question, I would also like to say thanks for the kind words you left on episode 243 on the YouTube channel. Josh also wrote in, love you guys, reminds me of the banter and ball busting between me and my buddies. Keep the shows coming, I'm hooked. Well, buddy, we're going to do just that, and we're going to have a little chitter chat about your triangle-shaped UFO. Now, Preston, I've got a cool follow-up story, but what do you have to say first about triangle-shaped UFOs?
0: Triangular-shaped UFOs actually weren't that uncommon to uh, be seen in the uh, early uh, 90s and early 2000s. Mm -hmm. A lot of people actually saw, you know, when they would see a UFO, they would describe it as triangular-shaped. And um, mm-hmm. it wasn't until recently. I'm gonna, I'm gonna debunk this a little bit. Um, oh, great!
1: And then I'm gonna talk about a fucking huge story from Puerto Rico.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, so go ahead, debunk it. Um, I I I won't say that all triangular shape UFO sightings are not actual UFOs, not but. Some great recovery. A majority of them were actually prototype um, stealth fighters um, being developed in the United States from Lockheed Martin, and um, they were like high-speed crafts. They uh, the, the government, uh, like a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, had actually said that a few of our Test programs in technology, aerial technology, um, were backwards uh, developed from something that they wouldn't go into a lot of detail of, and mm-hmm. it, it is proposed that these triangular shaped Lockheed Martin crafts um, were actually back and engineered from UFO technology, but the majority of them being seen were actually our our planes, not actual UFO UFOs,
1: and. Um, So, yeah. Well, hot damn. I've heard a lot of triangular-shaped UFOs as well in books and documentaries. And like you said, some of them, or maybe the majority of them, are, you know, misconstrued and misidentified, you know, terrestrial objects. But I also have heard stories of... The triangle objects being seen not only during the day, but also as they're flying across the sky, people who have been close enough to them report sometimes they're actually slowly rotating around you know, clockwise or counterclockwise as they fly through the air like a ninja star. But as I was looking into this, because Josh emailed us, um, I think last week about this, um, I just typed in, you know, a deep dive into triangle-shaped UFOs, and I found a really awesome story here that happened back on December 28, 1988. At around 7.45 p.m. in Cabo Rojo, Puerto Rico, around 100 different witnesses reported seeing a big ball of blue light hovering over the Sierra Bermeja Mountains. And the witnesses all said that while they watched the blue light slowly creeping over the mountain ridge, they watched as the light slowly changed from blue to yellow. Then, as the object would grow, uh, then as the object would glow shit, then as the object would grow closer to all the witnesses, suddenly they realized the ball of light was actually a large light that was on the underside of a triangle-shaped UFO. Now, what's wild here is that the military sent out a couple of fighter jet planes to investigate the anomalous craft. And as they began to approach the craft, it suddenly stopped going in the direction that it was traveling in originally and completely changed the trajectory and began to head straight towards one of the fighter jets. The radio transmission came through to HQ that the pilot of the plane the UFO was heading towards was terrified, just shitting bricks. Oh, God, I don't want to die. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. This thing's moving like I've never seen before. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And then suddenly the plane disappears. And then the other fighter jet slowly flies up next to the UFO and kind of rides parallel to it for a short while. And then suddenly, this plane too drops off radar. Now the witnesses who saw both planes interact with the UFO both claim both jets disappeared from sight completely. The UFO then stops again, changes direction midair over the top of a lake, They said then suddenly the craft lowered itself down to where it was just about 100 feet above the tips of the palm trees and then suddenly it split into two smaller triangle-shaped crafts and they took off in two different directions. One craft then flew north, the other craft flew towards the east and then they disappeared off into the horizon. Now around this time, a third fighter jet had reported encountering a craft that headed northbound, and as it got closer to the strange craft, they said the object then released three small balls of red light, which came out of the craft and started chasing the jet until finally disappearing too. Now, the National Guard was questioned, and they reported they had no knowledge of what the UFOs were or who they belonged to, military or otherwise. They said they did have some reports of, you know, quote-unquote flight patterns being practiced in the area, but they couldn't account for the fact that you had a strange craft splitting into two and then taking off in two directions, so on and so forth, and they never accounted for the two jet planes that disappeared. So, I don't know, Lockheed Martin Preston? I mean, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) <laughs> fair <laughs> yeah. well Josh thanks for sending in that story man we sure appreciate you and we've got another UFO story coming right at you this one comes from Mike I'm pretty sure I saw a UFO on the way home tonight obviously I could be mistaken but it was a ways off I was in between Andover and Benton when I saw it for a few seconds and then it just vanished As I was going by the spot that I saw it, there happened to be a power plant there. It makes me think somebody may have been refueling. It's the second one I've seen in about a month's time. The other one was out and about around Highway 400, just to the west of Leon, Kansas. No, wait, hold on and take it back. I possibly have seen three. Something went over El Dorado one night recently, and it was huge. It looked like the size of a football field. One night, I was on my way to Taco Tico and I was stuck in the drive-thru line, and I slowly watched the craft move south. I couldn't believe it was a plane, it was just really bizarre. But then again, generally planes that big don't drift over a refinery, barely clearing its towers. So in Eldorado, we have a giant oil refinery, and what he's saying here is this craft, from his vantage point, was just barely clearing the big towers out there. Again, was this thing refueling? I don't know if anybody else in line saw it, but I watched it until it faded away. But the size of the thing is what got me. It was huge. Well, Mike, thanks for uh, sending that in. Um, There are some reports in that area, a strange craft, and, you know, there are some quote-unquote reports of people seeing some bizarre lights over that refinery. Um, I don't know. Could just be planes, could just be refinery, could be uh, refinery gas, you know, lights reflecting off the stacks and so on and so forth. But anyway, interesting nonetheless, man. Thanks for sending that in. Or it uh,
0: could be those fucking hippie Palladian aliens that are like, because uh, that's the only <laughs> refinery left in the area, and they're over there using their alien technology to help dismantle it because we're destroying the environment. They're like, fuck you guys,
1: we told you to stop this shit and you won't do it. Oh boy, I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Well Presto, I thought this would be an interesting time to throw in a story of my own because why not, right? Um, something really interesting happened. I don't think I told you about this. I only told a few people. I think I even saved it from you on purpose to share it. But
0: Yeah, I just read the notes, scrolled down real quick, and I'm
1: like, that motherfucker. <laughs> no problem, buddy, no problem. You're hearing it now. From my lips to your ears. So a few weeks ago, during spooky season, Shayla and I went with another couple of our friends to a Halloween event at Wichita's famous Old Cowtown Museum. And while we were there, we happened to run into my buddy, Bob. Now, Bob is a fellow paranormal enthusiast who I really, really want to have on the show. Uh, He's a really good dude. I think he would get on with us just fine, and I really want to do some work with this guy. Anyway... We saw each other while, while I was woofing down some barbecue, and uh, it's funny, I actually ran into some listeners of the show at the uh, food truck. And he actually invited you and I to come back to Old Cowtown sometime, and we can join him for an after-hours ghost-hunting trip. He really says, uh, anytime we just say the word, he's got the keys to the kingdom, uh, respectively, and we can get in there and do a little work. So that will be a very fun on-location, I'm hoping. Anyway, we kind of said our goodbyes, and off he went. Well, Cowtown itself is rumored to be a pretty, pretty haunted place with sightings of ghosts and shadow people running amok, and on the property is one particularly infamous house called the Murdoch House. Now, we'll dive more into the Murdoch House another time, perhaps with Bob, because Bob also volunteers out there, and he knows a hell of a lot about the history of that place. But many visitors claim that when they visit Old Cowtown Museum, they can freeze mid-step while they hear footsteps and whispering voices right behind them, turning around to see nothing. One of the explanations is that it's rumored that the Marshall Murdoch, Wichita Eagle newspaper founder and original owner of the Murdoch House had a daughter who died in the home of spinal meningitis. So it's said that since then, the girl's spirit has lingered around Cowtown, oftentimes leaving the house to wander the premise. And at Old Cowtown, there is an old one-room schoolhouse and plenty of other fun stuff for a kid to run around, so who knows? It could just be her ghost, or it could be maybe a menagerie of several spirits. So we decided anyway that night that uh, on our way out of the event, we'd drop by the Murdoch house just to stick our head in and see what it's all about. Well, once we popped inside, we heard some talking in the front room and discovered that it was none other than my buddy Bob in the dining room area doing some EVP sessions along with three other people. So, knowing Bob, we walked into the dining room. Shayla and Becca and Garrett made their way to a side room, and I kind of bellied up, and I was just talking to Bob and kind of catching up with what he's working on and everything else. And what he was using, I believe, is an ovalis or something else, but this little box that would um, supposedly record sound waves and then spit out the actual words that, you know, an entity might be saying. Um, it was more sophisticated than just, like, the radio of, like, ch you know is actually a pretty solid machine.
0: They had something similar when you and I went to the uh, museum of terror, museum of horror, museum whatever. of shadows. Yeah, yeah, that with thing. Rob
1: bones and and Dobbs, Yeah, you know?
0: inside the haunted doll case was a early version of the obelisk and it uh had a screen on it and it would basically you, a spirit can manipulate it, so it's pre-programmed with, like, 5,000 words. And so, like, when you and I mm. were there, I kept saying, like, stop, stop, stop. Some of them <laughs> um, actually – Run. Yeah, run. Um, some of them actually will vocalize, so there's, like, a computer voice. It'll be in whatever word pops up. It'll be, like, rose in a computerized voice. So there's different
1: versions of it, so. Hot damn. Yeah. That night was special. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of weird shit happened that night. Um, Well, while I was there, Bob and these other three people were kind of asking the usual questions. What's your name? Who are you? You know, so on and so forth. How'd you die? And I stood there for a little while while they're doing EVP stuff. And then suddenly the words stop recording came through Bob's device. And Bob kind of looked up, kind of shocked. And he said, hey, is anybody recording in here? And the dude beside me, who I thought was an acquaintance of Bob's, who turns out to be just a complete stranger, was recording everything on his iPhone camera. So Bob's like, "All right, man. Well, whoever we're talking to um, has asked you please stop recording." And so the guy's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem." And he hits stop on the recorder. And I'm kind of thinking like, "That's pretty interesting." Okay, here we go. And then we ask a few more questions, and then all of a sudden the damn recorder says, "Sean." And I got goosebumps. My wife and our friend's eyes all go wide. And then Bob says, it just said, Sean. Yes, yes, his name is Sean. Do you have something you want to say to Sean? And it said, torturer, and I'm just like, well, this clearly is my cue to exit stage left, and <laughs> bid farewell to Bob, and we headed out, but man, I messaged him later that night, and I'm just like, dude, what a perfect cap to a fun evening, just popping in there, and I full-heartedly believe there is not any real way for Bob to fake that, you know, I, I know those devices could be messed with to put on a show, but Bob had no clue I was coming anywhere near Um, that place, and I I believe 100% he wouldn't have put me on anyway, but it was just a lot of fun, and just the sheer, like, surprise in his eyes were like, yeah, his his name is (laughs) Sean. I just about pooped.
0: So did he say if he got anything else later that night that would enlighten you on why it called you a torturer?
1: No, something to do with, like, the pantry or the back room in the house, I don't think it was necessarily referencing me as a torturer, but I don't know. Mm. Um, maybe my sheer good looks were just torturing this poor spirit beyond belief. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Or maybe <laughs> you reminded that spirit of somebody that tortured them before Ooh. they died. Like, I mean.
1: Oh, no, like an abuser or something.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you reminded them of their, you know, five-foot red-headed Viking beard, you know stepdaddy that beat the shit out of them or something and they're just like oh god this guy's coming back to get me
1: (laughs) they were being haunted from the afterlife oh shit man well anyway um bob said we have a standing invitation i just got to get with him and set up a time and we can get out there and do some work but um yeah there's a lot of really rich history out there and a lot of fun stuff i think that we could probably look into so that's definitely on the docket of stuff to do so well, Presto, let's shift gears here, buddy, because you've got some pretty interesting stuff that somebody brought you. Yep,
0: I actually am semi, kind of, sort of related to this guy, and I didn't, I didn't realize it. So, my uh, cousins, my cousin Matt, his wife, her uncle is a past grandmaster of Kansas in Masonry and Mm. i've I've met him a few times and you know the the last name rung a bell to me but i didn't put two and two together and matt had Mm -hmm. said one time hey you know amanda's uncle i'm like the fuck i do what what are you talking about buddy and i'm like oh shit dale uh so the other night when we got back from our uh, honeymoon uh, my that tuesday was lodge night and we were doing a 50-year presentation of pins for two members that have uh, been Masons for 50 years, and so Dale had shown up to present those pins, and everybody was like, "Hey, man, did you, have, did you have a good time on your honeymoon. What did you see, Bigfoot?" And in the corner, of Dale's <laughs> eyes just like, "Bird," they got huge, and he's like, "Hey, I need a word with you," and I'm like, "Oh shit, like I didn't do it, sir." Uh, whatever they <laughs> said i did it was not me because like you know he's the big kahuna he's the big chief and i'm like freaking out i'm like why does the big guy want to talk to me i'm i'm just small taters in the eyes of this man and he's like you believe in bigfoot and i'm like oh whew, thank god this is what he wants to talk about <laughs> i'm like yes sir i do believe in bigfoot and he's like i got stories for you and so we were talking and eating chili and Dale grew up in Arkansas, so in Arkansas they call them boogers. They're not called Bigfoot, they're called boogers. And um, his family owned um, a substantial amount of land for, you know, cattling and ranching and farming and everything. And he said, growing up as a kid, his grandfather would tell him things like, you don't understand how the world works. Like there are things out there that your mind cannot comprehend. So being a man of the land you just need to realize that what I'm telling you, like these things are real and I need you to be careful. And he's like, you know, it's not that I discounted what my grandfather was saying, but until you physically see it, you're just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like I get you, you know, there's mountain lions and cougars and weird shit, you know, keep my gun loaded. Gotcha. He's like, but that's, that's not it. Like it's until you experience it, he's like, wow like there's no way to describe it so Mm -hmm. he said you know the first couple encounters would just be like he's out in the on the the ranch or whatever it is and um somebody would throw like an uh, acorn at him or they would throw like a a pine cone at him and you know he would look up he's like now you wouldn't think that just having a pine cone thrown at you a booger right but he's like, mm-hmm. when you start yeah. to look at the distance, which is, like, maybe, like, 50, 60, 70 yards, like, there's a huge distance between me and the clearing of the trees. There's, n- there's you know, fucking no baseball star. Babe Roof can't even hit a home run that far. But somehow <laughs> this, this pine cone right yeah. flew that distance. So he's like, it's odd, but... You yeah. don't really think anything of it. You're just like, whatever, fucking pine cone, let's go about our business. Mm-hmm. So the fence, the barbed wire fence one day, a cow had got caught in it. And so him and his uh, brother-in-law were out there trying to get the cow unstuck. And, you know, they're doing their thing. And off in the, the clearing, off in the distance, this herd of deer are just freaked the fuck out. And they're just, you know, charging through. And he looks up and he's like, you know, when, when you ranch and you farm for so long and you're around nature and, and wildlife and everything, he's like, deer normally don't act like that. Like, they'll, they'll come through, they're very calm, they look at you, and then they think for a second, like, I don't know, do I want to fuck with this? Do I not want to fuck with this? <laughs> and then they just kind of take off. But he's like, whatever was chasing them had them spooked enough like they were fucking running for their dear life. Mm -hmm. And so him and his brother-in-law just kind of stop, and they're just looking at this clearing, like, is it like a mountain lion? Like, what's going on? And he said that this hairy, eight-foot-tall black, just midnight black creature, like it's the darkest hair you've ever seen, just came running out of the forest, like, full charge. And then it stopped. Looked at him, got down on all fours, made a growl noise, and then just kind of leaped back into the woods. And they're like, Damn. fuck, that was a booger. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: His brother-in-law was on the same property one day, and, um, you know, those, like, cypress trees or, like, the pine trees, the ones that are really super tall and really super skinny mm-hmm. – Mm -hmm. basically something had torn one of those down, took all the branches off, and used it like a javelin and basically hurled this thing at his brother-in-law. So he's out out in the field, tending to the cows, and next thing you know, this like 40-foot, you know, five-foot-wide wooden javelin that used to be a pine tree had just fucking stuck into the ground right next to him. And it was like, and he just like, I don't know what the fuck made that noise, but I also know that I almost died. So fuck you, cows. <laughs> i I'm out. I'm not going to yeah, I'm not going yeah. to deal with it. And yeah, he, yeah. he's I started talking about uh I can't remember the guy's name, but he was out in like California and he was the one that he spent a year out in the woods and he recorded all these voices and then when he played oh,
1: them yeah, back, the uh, Sierra sounds, it's the, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Samurai chatter, yeah. It,
0: Yeah, and so he, like, played them back to, uh, uh, you know, a a linguist specialist, and they were like, yeah, dude, this is, like, proto-Japanese, you know, it's language, I can't tell you exactly what it is, so I'm trying to, like, tell him about this, he cuts me off, because, you know me, I I don't know facts very well sometimes, like, I I don't, (laughs) I hit points, it's not like the details are really that important, let me tell you what, Dale is like a fucking booger expert. I mean, this guy has experienced this huh. shit so many times. I mean, he was like, This is the guy's name. Uh, he went to college here. He, you know, this was the year he went out into the woods. And, uh, you know, this was the name of the file and like giving me all these details. And I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> buddy, that's not what yeah. we do around yeah. here. Okay. I don't. I don't need the you know the exact details. I just need the bullet points, right? I'm the bullet point guy, and he's just sitting here giving me a fucking history lesson. And I'm thinking, like, yeah. I don't know, I should hit this man up because um, he's heard him carry on conversations. Um, he's, like, get, he's like, I got, he's like, I got more stories that'll make you shit your pants green. And I'm like, all right, uh, I'm I'm game, dude. Let's dude. Yeah, we gotta talk to this guy. Let's go. Um,
1: Ron Moorhead is the yeah. That guy there, it to, uh, there it is. There it is.
0: Dale, if you're yep. listening, we didn't know that off the top of their head like you did. We had to Google that.
1: <laughs> yep. 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 I know the story. just couldn't think of the guy's name. But, yeah. That's fucking yep. awesome, man. Can um, you imagine... Yeah, first of all. ...having a
0: 40-foot fucking spear just thrown... Like, inches away from hitting you and going no, through you I like can't. a... Yeah. just That would have fucking obliterated him. Like, he just would have exploded... And it hit the ground in front of him like, holy shit, dude. Wow.
1: It would have been two arms and two legs just spinning in midair before they plopped down in a bloody puddle. Yeah. Fucking boogers. No thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So it's funny. The word booger actually comes from the idea that what you're seeing out there is the boogeyman himself because it's been said that the boogers, so to speak, have been known to peek into people's windows, especially, you know, women who are by themselves. And also it's been a rumor that they have been known to grab children and carry them off into the woods at night. So that's part of where they get the name booger from. Then you also have the um, Virginia, West Virginian Bigfoot is known as the wood booger. Which similar name would, you know, for we're living out in the forest and then boogers like basically the boogeyman of the woods. But yeah, we got to talk to him and get some more stories about these boogers, man, because I want to shit myself green uh, if he'd be willing to share those stories with us.
0: Yeah, I don't. uh, You told me tonight uh, before we started recording, you're like, I'm almost there. We're finishing up an episode of Unsolved Mysteries.
1: (laughs) Which one did you
0: finish at? Did you get to the Bigfoot episode?
1: Mm, are you talking about season three right now? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, we watched the one about the uh, oh, Navajo. Damn it! Yeah, we watched the Navajo Ranger episode find... about the Skinwalkers, and then oh, well, well, is the, that the one you was... talked about? Yeah, because it has Bigfoot on there. Yeah. Okay. Well, this one's about the Navajo uh, Rangers talking about Skinwalkers and Bigfoot and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I guess yeah. we did. Yeah. 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 Whew, okay. Yeah. I was I was about to say just shut the fuck
0: up. I don't want to you know finish this conversation, but no. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, On that one, um, you know, kind of the same thing. There was a a lady out in the the desert um, on the reservation and her husband was away one night and the fucking thing comes up and she's sitting there jiggling the door handle. Yeah. She's like, looks outside. She just sees like this big tall shadow. She's like, fuck that. Like, what's going on? Opens up the door, Mm -hmm. stares at her and then she just slams the door and locks it. It disappears, comes back like 20 minutes later Starts fucking with the doorknob again and just basically... <laughs> jiggle,
1: jiggle, jiggle. Yeah.
0: Yeah, just gaslighted this lady for like a whole entire fucking night. And mm-hmm. um, so I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. There's more. There's more to these boogers.
1: Yeah, I think so. And she also describes it as being not so much muscular as just tall, lean, and kind of lanky, too. Well, they're probably so... not eating
0: very good, you know? They're out there in the forest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: they're out there in the middle of the desert, man, yeah.
0: Yeah, fucking throwing, you know, 40-foot wood spears at shit, just obliterating it like, well, I guess I'm (laughs) milkshaking blood tonight. Like, I don't know. I didn't think this one
1: through. Well, we've gone from ghosts to UFOs to Bigfoot. And all the way back around, and I think that's a great place to call it for a very—I'm well, not gonna say very—a slightly belated Halloween episode, man. That's. I mean, good by stuff. a couple days, whatever, it's fine. Yeah, we can do. We can do. I also just. I mean, it's, it's
0: always spooky season around here, so. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you live for one night. I was born in it. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we'll call her there then, buddy. Um, if you are on the social media, please check us out on Facebook, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Check us out on Instagram, at PXL Paranormal. Presto, any news on the YouTubes? Dude, 221 subscribers.
0: Last time we were 218, so we jumped up three.
1: Fuck yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, look at fantastic. that. Boom. Look at us go. We're doing it. We're really doing it.
0: And as always, if you need a beard and want a beard, hell, if you want to grow a beard so that you don't look like a depraved wood booger out in the woods that's all <laughs> shaggly and gross and people can't tell if you're a cryptid or a hobo or maybe you just haven't taken a bath in a while, you should do yourself a favor and go over to bigdobsbeardbomb.com and use promo code P-X-L-P-A-R-A for 20% off your order. You can get bombs, You can get oils. You can get combs. You can get soaps. I mean, I haven't been on there in a while, but Dobbs has a lot of shit on there. And you can get scents like Bay Rum, fresh, citrus, mint, classic, sweet tobacco. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sean's Mm. kind of an asshole. And, uh, you know, Dobbs had sent us uh, beard oil, and it's probably been sitting in Sean's for like a year. So recently I just got a whole new bottle of Bay Rum beard oil, and I've been lathering in my man for, for like the last, you know, couple days. And it looks amazing. It smells amazing. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, First of all, asshole, I've only had it since May. (laughs) (laughs) Second of all, it just goes to show the quality and longevity of the product. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. And if you're in the Wichita area, please stop by and see Leslie and the rest of the gang at CD Trade Post. Okay. I think that about does it for this episode. On behalf of Big Steven, cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us that love to talk about it. And stay spooky and
0: stay on the Paranormal Highway. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the Paranormal Highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.